You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Hogger Liberty Podcast on the We Are Libertarians Network. I'm your host, Jeremiah Morrill. As always, I'm joined by our co-host, Dakota Davis. Our show is about our lives in rural Indiana. This is a show about folks who are interested in politics. We promise our episodes are going to be a fun and easy listen. We interview people who are influencers, elected officials, political experts, and folks that we just find interesting. As Dakota provides some extra background noise in the, uh, for, on the show, we have uh, two guests today, uh, it's a kind of a surprise changeup. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we had advertised Mike Kreider uh, last week. They had a family uh, family emergency, so he, we're going to catch up with Mike again in the future. And uh, since it's a Wednesday and Clay has uh, has to go uh, do the uh, church thing, as I said in chat, and got uh, got uh, criticized for, um, we've got uh, two very capable backup hosts. Uh, we have Danny Morrill making his third return appearance. In the uh, in the fourth chair, welcome, Danny. I'm back again. Back Thanks again for the invite. That's right. Yeah, I'm and, back. and you had like 24 <laughs> hours notice the last time you came on the show. I think you had literally, you you decided you were coming on the show while we were on the show. Yeah, I had nothing better to do, and that hell, I'll put on pants. And you had to jump a fence to get here. Yeah, there that was go. intense yeah. with a gun. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then in the uh, in the third chair, as you're watching on the uh, the premium YouTube feed or on the Facebook Live. You can see Danny's profile. You can see Danny in profile uh, in the black and white. Does uh, it really highlight my receding hairline? It does. It, it, it gives <laughs> you the hairline and the color. Gray-haired, balding, forty-year-old individual. <laughs> and then this is uh, Jeremiah's younger brother, my baby brother. And then uh, we have Clay. Uh, Clay in man. This, this is the way it's going to go. We have Cade Coger. The uh, we've mentioned him nearly as much as we mentioned Darren Jacobs. I've been on the majority of episodes. You have mentioned. So Alex. welcome. Thank you. You are one of uh, one of Dakota's very best friends. Yeah. Even though you met yesterday for the very first mm-hmm. time, and uh, <laughs> today we determine that you're actually blood relations. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's true. Dakota. My, uh, Dakota my, is a Coger. Yep. My mother's maiden name is Coger, and um, we were talking. It was funny before the show. We were talking downstairs, um, like wondering if we were related. And I was like, "Yeah, make Jeremiah. Make sure you introduce him as my fourth cousin." <laughs> and I texted my mom and. I, Asked her if we were related to the Ellen K. Cogers, and she said, "Actually, Kent is my fourth cousin." Yeah. <laughs> so you're fifth cousins. Yeah. Or fifth. fourth once removed, or yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever that means. Whatever the math is. <laughs> so, but you know, we probably need to have uh, have Cade go ahead and do the purity test like you took, and, <laughs> yes. and we'll get the real answer. Yeah. yeah. Then we'll know. We'll know for sure. <laughs> so, uh, 
this week, uh, Dakota and I have hung out a ridiculous amount already, uh, and it's just going to keep going. This is wedding week in the uh, in the Davis household, so uh, we're going to yep. take a week off next week because uh, I can't get in the house to get to the studio, and it's a holiday weekend, a holiday week anyway. But uh, Dakota will be abandoning our forty degree temperatures for something much much warmer. Yes, you'll be. But uh, however, my sister and my and Audrey's younger sister will be at the house. Oh, will they? Yes. With so, my with my ninety pound German Shepherd, so nobody try to break in. <laughs> <laughs> so we can look forward to them co- uh, coming up with an Easter egg episode of the Boss Hog Liberty. Yeah, turn everything on. Yeah, they can record something. That would be great. We will definitely release that. Yeah, I guess the uh, the uh, iPhone as a camera up there really doesn't have a it doesn't have a password or anything. So whoever's in here, whenever they can just start recording from the Boss Hog Liberty page. They could. Um, good luck. Uh, I I don't have much. Uh, <laughs> Good luck. I, I wish them well to try to figure it all out. I'm barely <laughs> hanging on, and we're, 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 we've been doing this since since last winter. Yeah, there was snow on the ground when we started, and we've seen snow fly again. So this is an anniversary of sorts for the show. You guys have grown fast, though. I've listened from the beginning. Yeah, it's yeah, come it, long, it's come it, a long way. It took off like surprisingly fast. Yeah. Like it started out as something that I wasn't even sure I really wanted to do, <laughs> and then like then like three months later, I'm investing money in building a studio in my guest bedroom. Yeah. And here we are. It's impressive, though. I like it. Well, we're nice. glad you're here. And, uh, man, we've got, uh, we've still got lots and lots of, uh, great things in the pipeline. The guest list over the, uh, the next few weeks, uh, is fantastic. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to the shows we're going to have. Some fun. And then, of course, more, uh, more of the political guest as well. So something for everybody. Uh, in this last week, Dakota and I, we, we alluded to it last week on the, uh, on the show. We were going to go hunting down in, uh, I guess, southeastern Indiana, the Brookville area. Yep. And uh, we went. We did. And uh, what what went wrong? All right. So it was, it was your first time hunting. Very first and time. And I think that it's like a, a rule of nature or of God that, and maybe, I don't know, it might be like one of God's laws. Like it's something that, like it is dictated from the top down, like it, as high as you can go, that if you go hunting for the first time ever, you will not see anything. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's just how it goes. It's like, that's, that's nature. And, but anyway, we, we start walking out into the woods and it's, like I said, I, like I was telling Kate, it's three or 400 yards. So we're walking into the woods and there's like a huge cedar thicket, like cedar trees everywhere. And we're making all kinds of noise. I'm leading us to the clearing that I always hunt in. There's like an old tree stand, very nice place. And we start walking back there and, we see a the shape of a man on a log, right? Sitting. Yeah. yeah it's very sitting still. On a log. But he's in like a, a nylon raincoat, and he's facing away from us. So I, I look at Jeremiah, and I'm like, is that a dummy? You know? Because he's not, he's not 40 yards away from us. And we had just point. talked about people that stuff dummies and leave them out for months yeah, and yeah, months at a time stacked, in the woods. Yeah, I'm like, maybe this has to just be a dummy. There's no hunter orange or anything. We can't see um, any kind of hunting gear, nothing. So we're standing there talking, and we're, we keep walking closer, right? Yeah. And we get to probably 15 yards away, and we're just talking in our regular voices. We're not trying to be quiet or whisper anything. We're not trying to sneak up behind anybody, being as loud as possible. 
Nobody ever turns around. I'm like, okay, so that was me stepping quietly. I was doing the best I could. Like like a bull in a china shop. (laughs) Take me to the woods and just listen to me breathe. Yeah, play paintball with him. It's great. (laughs) So we're we get what like 20 yards away. We were right up on him. Yeah, and he never turns around. Um, So I'm convinced at this point. I'm like, yeah, this is just a straw dummy and some old junk rain jacket, and. Then I see a Red Bull can. And I was like, that's weird. <laughs> Dummies like to party. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. He wasn't flying, though. So, no wings. And <laughs> we get up behind him, and so I just say, excuse me, sir. <clears throat> and this man turns around. <laughs> Oops. Terrifies me, because I was, <laughs> I was convinced he's a dummy. Terrifies me. And goes, are you guys hunting? <laughs> Nope. Just walking through the woods with rifles. <laughs> Here's your sign. Yeah. Uh, he probably thought we were DNR there to check on him, and he, yeah, didn't, he didn't have the right clothes on, so he was freaked out, too. Yeah, probably. Did he have camouflage? He was all camouflage, what yeah. What type of camouflage was it? Because it wasn't working, if you guys saw it. Well, he blended in decently, <laughs> but uh, our eagle eye vision, we, yeah, we, we worked it, it out. You guys were in tune. Our hunter instinct. I was yeah. deeply yeah. in tune with the nature. <laughs> yeah, with my primitive side. <laughs> I was channeling my ancestors the way that uh, they do in Assassin's Creed. Of course, immediately I feel shamed. Are you guys hunting? Yes, we're hunting squirrels, sir. (laughs) Which I'm sure on the hierarchy of what you're hunting in the woods, the guy that's out there with a bow and he's, you know, he's bow hunting versus, you know. I mean, I bow hunt too. And like, I, I just have so much more fun hunting squirrel than sitting there for hours on end because, you know. Typically with squirrel hunting, the woods we were in is a little bit different because it's so thick, so you don't really want to move around that much. So, But typically with squirrel hunting, Jaren, you'll realize this whenever we head up to Wilbur Wright here in a couple weeks, um, you you stay in one spot for maybe 20 minutes, and then you just get up and move. Mm-hmm. Like that, You know, if you don't see something within 20 minutes, then that spot's dead, so you're going to the next spot. And that's, that's what makes squirrel hunting appealing to me because whenever I'm deer hunting, I'm up in a tree stand and I'm sitting there for three, four, five hours Mm -hmm. in the cold with nothing to do. And I don't want my phone battery to go dead. So I'm trying to conserve that as much as I can. Sometimes I take a book, but then I feel like I miss everything whenever I get really into my book. So it's just, I I don't know. I, I enjoy it in the sense that it's nice for like the first hour and a half to just be out there and it's quiet. You're not thinking about nothing. Except for the sound. Yeah. But then after that, I start getting stir crazy. But you saw me at the last, at the Libertarian State Convention. Yeah, you sitting still. You're like Danny, where you just cannot sit still for any length of time. <laughs> As I'm sitting fishing with a, <laughs> a, a pen yeah. the whole time. No, that's yeah. why you need to start stalking them like a Native American. Take your shoes off and just go, go stalk them through the, the woods with a big recurve. Yeah. That's what I had a, I actually had a boss that used to make his own longbows and hunt with those. And I always admired him for Is that. He successful? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like, awesome. This dude, his name was uh, Brian, and he was like, he was uh, the Brian's. real life Ron Swanson, like in every <laughs> sense of the word. Like, there's just no other way to put it. Such a cool guy. And he was successful. He made his own longbows. And I don't, I'm not sure if he crafted his arrows, but they looked like it. But that could just be a standard longbow arrow because uh, I'm not educated enough to know. But he would go out with the stuff that he made 
and sit there and shoot a deer, like there's nothing, there's there's nothing more to hunting than killing something with something you made to eventually make something out of what you killed with what you made Mm -hmm. and then feed your family with it. It's as rewarding as it gets. Yeah. You'll have to go coyote hunting with me sometime because it's kind of the similar format of squirrel hunting. We sit for 20, 30 minutes and then move. And the Cogars eat every part, eat or sell at L&K Farms every part of the coyote. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't opened that up yet. I don't think we have enough interest. Coyote meat. (laughs) You ever wanted to know what your family dog would taste like? (laughs) (laughs) It's the... uh, Man, after pumpkin season, it becomes coyote season. Yeah. We're going to get an extra couple weeks yeah. out of that stand for you guys each year. <laughs> oh, man. So it was cold, by the way. Yeah, it was. That, and you ended up finding later that it was the 10-year record cold for that weekend. Yeah, just our luck. Why the squirrels weren't moving. It was mm-hmm. just too cold for them to get out of their nest. But we could hear them. We heard a few of them barking around us. Yes. And, uh, or, or the guy that we had pissed off earlier that he was just yeah. making squirrel noises just to irritate <laughs> us because we had ruined his morning. He's an expert caller and was like, you know what? Screw these guys. Yeah. Yeah. And we, there was like three nests all around us and we could hear them coming from the nests, just barking to see if there was anything going on outside. And which is the most irritating thing in the entire world because we're sitting there. We can hear the squirrel. We know where they are, but it's like, just come out. Like, I'm freezing out here. Come out. Let me freaking shoot you. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm still not that small, so I wasn't freezing to death, but it was, <laughs> it was marginally, it was marginally cool. I'm also very cold blooded being from northern New York, so I can, I can suffer through it more than others. Yeah. yeah I don't have the mass you have. But, right. Uh, but you still have, deal with cold okay. Yeah. I have the tolerance for it. My feet just get free. My feet just freeze. Once they're numb, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once I lose feeling, I'm great. Yeah. <laughs> Once you start having the Mr. Deeds thing going on where your, your toes yeah. just turn black, it's not a big deal. Yeah, no issues there. So we went hunting and didn't get to shoot a single gun. The entire time we're in the woods, never shot, never fired. So we ended up going to uh, the Liberty Bell. We did. On the way back, we uh, we stopped and we, we had brunch. Yeah, we had brunch at the Liberty Bell. Which Basic is a, a, local, I like a local diner. Yeah. Uh, it was. It felt like downtown Indianapolis pricing. I think mine was fifteen bucks for a for an omelet and a cup of coffee. But uh, you know, yeah, well, it's off season pricing. You got to keep them in business. Well, let me tell you, mine was twelve dollars, and I had three eggs, biscuits and gravy, a side order of bacon, and a side order of toast, and a cup of coffee. So I felt like it was very rewarding for the cost. I, I don't even want to hear about how expensive brunch is until you go have brunch <laughs> in Chicago. And well, your eggs Benedict is nineteen dollars, and you could make it for. Two ninety nine, yeah. That that seems a little bit pricey, Cade. Because I'm not doing this potato or bread thing. Every time somebody goes to breakfast with me, they get like half of my food. So I'm like, <laughs> what kind of toast do you want? I just look at whoever I'm with. Do you want white or wheat toast? Yeah, that, that's well, what I want. That's what kind of potatoes do you want? Well, I don't know. It's up to you. That's a great benefit to dating a, a vegetarian, which <laughs> I do. Um, you know, it sounds terrible in theory, like oh god, she's never going to eat meat. But anytime you go out and there's meat attached to her meal. You get twice the meat, so that's a, that's I'll a big have benefit. Bacon and sausage. Exactly. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Does she still eat eggs? Yes, she, she does. Because still she's eat not eggs. a ve- uh, vegan, so cheese, eggs. I mean, she's not crazy, right? <laughs> well. She's just a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really very tolerable, and it's not nearly as 
Well, there's a, but there's a lot be. of vegetarians out there that are just completely uneducated and mm-hmm. believe that eggs are baby chickens, so they won't eat them. Yeah. Which I was under the same assumption until, like, last year. I didn't know that an egg wasn't a baby chicken until the guy that I work with <clears throat> who raised chickens was like, well, yeah, it's just like how a woman gets their period. They just, it's like a menstrual cycle. I'm done. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm never going to look at an egg the same way ever again. Thank you for a, that. I remember it's growing just a shell up, of protein. Growing up and having right into your microphone there, Daniel. I Paul. remember growing up and having chickens and eggs, and every once in a while, you would have an egg that had a little blood spot in it, and that was. That I was think a that's. Little bit of I think that's more because our dogs chased the chickens, and we they just scared oh, the hell out of them. Then, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> more than, more than we had started started hat. You know, I don't know. Could go either way. I guess if we were a little derelict in our duties of harvesting, and you waited four or five days, and you you know. Have a little chick starting too, but well, I, I'd like to think we ate a little chick. Yeah, yeah sure. Why not? <laughs> you like to think that? Like, <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we it's uh, like veal, right? Yes, yes. It's like <laughs> it's like chicken veal. <laughs> Some, what, what around the Moral House? We we would go uh, get twenty five uh, birds in the mail from Murray McMurray Hatchery, and then Danny would usually eat two or three right off the bat, just early on, because they were you know like veal for him. It was like Ozzy Osbourne. I bite the head <laughs> off and. Go for it. <laughs> nothing like a, nothing like a day old chicken. I thought it was normal. <laughs> Didn't know any different. <laughs> Man. All right. Well, this went way off track. So we had breakfast, and then I made you stop like a tourist that I am. We were in Liberty, the Boss Hog Liberty cast. We uh, we couldn't find a s- entrance sign that said Welcome to Liberty, but we did find the water tower. So if you look on the Boss Hog Liberty page, the uh, there's a promo picture up there today of uh, Dakota and I in front of the Liberty Water Tower. We finally right. visited. We started touring uh, the town of Liberty and said, have you ever met the boss hog of Liberty? <laughs> <laughs> Did anyone say yes? There's a parade scheduled next Thursday. but uh, <laughs> we also should have put to, together a float. We have to share it with Santa Claus and, <laughs> yeah. uh, and a turkey. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, Dakota won't be around, so maybe next year. No. Maybe next year. So we couldn't shoot anything on our on our big hunting trip. No, so we didn't even get the fire of the gun that I diligently sighted in the the night before. We uh we got bailed out on on somebody letting us shoot, and that's where Cade comes into the story. Yep. You uh you struck up a conversation, and I self invited well, myself. Not really. It wasn't it wasn't <laughs> even a conversation. I just like Cade and I are friends on Facebook, but like we said, we've we'd never met before, so. Cade uh, makes a status where he he's like, anybody want to come and shoot on my range tomorrow? And I was like, shooting guns, turning money into noise, count me <laughs> in. And uh, so I just messaged Jeremiah. I was like, hey, you want to go to Cade Coger's tomorrow and shoot guns since we didn't get to on Sun or on Friday? Yeah. And he's like, after work would be great. Like, Sounds great. So uh, I was like, hey Cade, we're gonna be coming to your house. <laughs> And, uh, Danny happens to be the next door neighbor, or, or very close, uh, living out in the, in the, the Westwood area of Henry County that he does. It's as close to his next door neighbor as oh, you yeah. have. He's two doors down, <laughs> three yep. doors down, like yeah. the song. I like him more than my next door neighbors, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I, was, I would say it's a crime that we haven't met and been close enough to be friends right. until now. Well, yeah. because, like, I probably met you when I was 15 yeah. years old. Before but, and stuff, yeah. But we've never hung out since. We'll mm-hmm. honk and wave and exchange pleasantries <laughs> and say, oh, we should probably hang out with that guy. Yeah. But, yeah, yesterday was the first day, so yeah. it was great. There you go. Yeah. Well, and then Cade uh, 
So yeah, this is the way this one worked. Cade's older brother, Corey, and I were in 4-H together. I hate mm-hmm. that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and then all week it's been, well, yeah, that person's related to Cade too. Literally half of this community is related to Cade one way or another. Yeah. We, fig- we figured out in the last day, they're all his relation. So even Dakota wants to run, has is, is been uh, pitching the idea of running for office and we figured out that He'll be running against Cade's kin, so he's going to have a tough decision <laughs> decision to make for the city council race next year. Well, I guess technically that would be mine, too. That would be your family, too. Yeah. yeah. Man. That's a tough decision to make. Yeah. It's like Hatfields and McCoys around here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we, we did stop by the Koger residence yesterday, and uh, he's got a, a great range with uh, with all kinds of targets set up for pistols, and, and he's got the, the appropriate... Uh, Dirt mound set up and you, and you're set for rifles. You get about a hundred yard range or you mm-hmm. can come much closer for pistols. And, uh, the first thing we did is Dakota has a muzzle loader that he had purchased and he had never used it before. Yeah. I'd, so what I'd the hell is a muzzle loader? Well, I bought the muzzle loader last year. I'd never, I'd never hunted with one, never shot one before. Um, but basically the, like you hear liberals all the time. The, you know, the, the old argument. All they uh, had the, is a musket. The, yeah, the founding fathers didn't envision this technology. All they had is a musket. Well, technically, um, my modern day musket, the muzzle loader, <laughs> is not a firearm. So your rules do not apply to me, <laughs> Mister Big Government. So um, I I bought it last year. I'd heard all kinds of like crazy stories about people. Um, shooting deer from like 150 yards away with a muzzle loader mm-hmm. and i'm like how is that even possible like this is a like, 248 yards is my longest kill with a muzzle loader. 248 and that's a that's a kill yep yeah see that's crazy yep. yep and so i was like you know what i i'd really like to get one of these and the guy i work with happened to have one for sale and he sold it to me for 75 bucks and uh I was like, you know what, I'll just get this one, and if I decide that I want one, then it'll be time to upgrade. Mm-hmm. So got that one, um, never shot it all winter long, didn't have time to go hunting last year um, with the new job and everything. So then um, Kate invited us, and I was like, this is the golden opportunity, because no indoor range is going to allow a muzzleloader, because they produce yep. a lot of smoke, it's a musket. So and luckily, I've hunted with muzzleloaders since I was yep. about twelve, ten, twelve years old. Yeah, so you, there. you showed me the ropes. So yeah, showed me, yep. taught me what I was doing, <laughs> which I'm eternally grateful for. That's right. It's uh, it's not that complicated. Obviously, yeah. an, eight, an eight or a ten year old can do it. It's pretty simple. But you've yeah, uh, you've got to have a blasting cap, and you have to make sure you're bar- you're, you're literally loading everything through the front, so it's mm-hmm. a single shot. You drop down your, uh, I guess your, you got a couple your grains of, uh, of pellet, black powder, your pellets, yep. your pellets, and then uh, and then your projectile goes yep. in front there, and it's like a fi- is it fifty caliber? Yeah, fifty caliber. Yep. And is and that then, standard or is that you could be anything? You can get a forty-five caliber, and they still make like forty-six and fifty-four caliber, and kind of the older things like that. But the standard nowadays is, is normally fifty caliber. It's a half of an inch. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. Yep. I have a. Uh, a cap and ball revolver mm-hmm. that would be really fun to take over and play oh, with yeah. sometime. Yeah, and I have the uh, oh the the little die to to make your own balls mm-hmm. as well. You can so, cast your own lead balls. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it would be it'd be fun to get out, get over there, and kind of toy around with sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we shot that. I brought my three fifty seven Magnum, my my one weapon of that I have. Uh, first time I've shot that in probably four years. Uh, it's always, you always go, holy 
crap, that thing's loud. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Loud. Yeah. It's a fun gun though. And then, uh, Dakota, you had a, you had a pistol you brought along. Yeah. I had my, uh, Taurus LCP that I brought along. It was a good gun. Um, very inaccurate though. Like super inaccurate. Yeah, I will say that they're made to shoot from like me to you. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> with that your is, eyes closed. That That's is like, kind of the problem with those small guns. They're really yeah. hard to hold the you, way that you need to hold. Yeah, them. you and, better be able to stab yeah. the person if you're going to be able to shoot them. Yeah. Like that's that's was, the range. At the distance we were shooting, I was happy. I hit the target about half to three quarters of the time with the 357. So I feel like that's going to do the job. If I get five shots like that and four, three or four of them hit, I'm I feel pretty good. Yeah, I'm all right. Things so. could change under stress, though. That's true. It could keep practicing. Yeah. So, and then Cade had uh, <laughs> Cade had a handful of different things that we uh, we shot. You yeah. carry you carry a, a a Ruger. Is it a nine? I you know, carry a Glock seventeen. Uh, I'm sorry, a Glock, Glock seventeen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And then uh, and then there were a couple others that uh, that we fired uh, at, from the rifle range. Yep. I have a. Uh, it's an AR nine, so it's a nine millimeter AR fifteen, and it takes Glock mags, so it goes nice with my. With my Glock 17, because you can use the same magazines. That gun was a it's, lot it's, of fun. It's a to pretty shoot. sweet little gun yeah, to play that with. Was awesome. Yeah, yeah, I, I like had, it a lot. I had a lot of fun with that one because it's it's got a short barrel. It's got an eight uh-huh. inch barrel, yep. correct? It's, a, it's an SBR, so yeah. yep. And then you had the suppressor that was on the end of it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's two strikes on that gun <laughs> that had to be federally <laughs> regulated, and uh, um, you had to be on. You're on some kind of a watch list now, right? Yeah. Somewhat, yeah. It is like a fourteen month wait um, to get both of those stamps in for that gun. I mean, to wow. use a, the short barrel and then to own the suppressor itself, I had to go through a little bit of paperwork and some fees, and they, and they basically sold my rights back to me. Yeah. So yeah, and the, see, that's so surprising to me. Like, I, I feel like the people who are writing these laws have never fired a gun like that that has mm-hmm. a suppressor on it. And so you find a lot of laws and the way that they have things set up that are just. It's just ridiculous the way that yeah. they have things classified and what you have to go through to, to get things done. Like today, I had to go pick up an upper, and uh, legally, for it to not be a, a rifle, it has to have at least a 16-inch barrel. And I prefer shorter as far as that goes for this type of rifle. To and be I, a, to qualify as a rifle? Yeah. And not a handgun? Yes. Okay. So uh, I had to have a muzzle device pinned. It was a 14-and-a-half-inch barrel, and I had to have it pinned and welded. So that it, technically it is a 16 inch barrel since it's permanently attached. It's just small things. Yeah, like and that it's not even it's not even like it's a, a barrel. Like it's it's open, right? Yeah, like yeah, it's just a simple it's just extension. A flash. Yeah, it, it, runner, yeah, right? it's just a fl- it's just a flash hider, and it just has a quick detach device for a for a suppressor. So, and what was that on? Uh, AR-15. And AR. Mm-hmm. What does AR stand for? Armor light rifle. Okay, They're not re- assault rifle. No, just not so at we're all. clear. Yep, not at all. All right. Yeah. Common common yeah, misconception. Be- we hear that a lot in the media. Yeah, yeah. because Armalite made the They were the first the first, first exactly. folks to make that mm-hmm. weapon. So. Yep. And then yep. Uh, everybody can copy anything when it's that old, I guess. Mm-hmm. Same thing as your AKs or whatever. You can yep. you know, you can make that. Anybody can make that weapon if they want to. Pretty much. Yep. Which is what you did with the uh with the other one, right? The AK that I have. Yeah. And that's yeah. it's what, custom. A- AK is what assassins uh, is it along the same lines? Yeah. Assassin's Creed. Automat Kalishnikova. Okay. That is came in strong. Technically what, yeah, I, I tried is that. <laughs> it's Russian. It's very, yeah. it, I told him yesterday, it lost the Cold War. Yeah. Well, it happens. So, but yeah, there's a company in uh, Greenwood, Indiana. They build AKs and they have factory models, but they also offer custom service. And I was able to provide them with a specific 
um, sheet of things that I wanted on a custom build, and they built it to my spec. And that, they actually offer it as a as a model now. Oh, really? Yeah, and the, even the color that I use to have them Cerakote with, they they are even using that on a lot of their factory stuff now. I hope you get a cut. No, no, I just <laughs> just a nice guy, just helping them out. Two two good guys that own the company, and they're just really nice. And they even come out and use my range sometimes. There you go. So. Well, very yeah, cool. That was a, mm-hmm. I had I'd never shot an AK before. Now I'd shot AR-15s before, um, and I was under the assumption that because I. I looked at an AK at I think Rural King, mm-hmm. but it still shot a 223 round. Mm-hmm. So I was under the assumption that that's how all of them were made. It was just the aesthetics that were different. Yep, very wrong. There are some you can get some AKs that shoot 223 the same as an AR. Um, just like an AR, you can get all kinds of different calibers. Uh, you can run an AK in 223. What mine was that you shot yesterday was a 7.62 by 39. Yeah, that's that's, about, that's by about 39? The, about, the, okay. about the standard, yeah. It's, so it's like a short 308, basically. Um, you can get a 5.45. Uh, it's, it's closer to a 223, but it's kind of the Russian variant of a 223. Okay. And that, that's nice, too, but the ammo is kind of hard to find. So. Yeah, but it tends to be a fairly cheap round, a yeah. 5.45, and you can get mm-hmm. the AR chambered in that, too, which makes it Yeah, you can buy nice. you can buy a 1,000-round case for... Like hundred bucks, hundred seventy right? bucks, hundred sixty bucks right now. So, oh, so right. you're at yeah. eighteen cents or seventeen cents a yeah. shot, yep. roughly. Yep. I was once again. I I don't want to brag, but I hit my target every single time with the uh, with the AR. So I feel I feel good. Mm-hmm. I, you know, when the time comes, and yeah. I'm given one of Cade's guns that's perfectly sighted in and ready to go, and they're not <laughs> Set moving up, and they're rugged, right? Yeah, exactly. You can throw them across the range. I, I watched you literally throw a gun and pick it right hurt. back up. No yeah. big deal. Doesn't hurt him. Yeah. yeah, you did. Yeah, that right was out of a, Die Hard. <laughs> yeah, that was like you were talking about that. You're like, yeah, you can get some of these that are a polymer or whatever. But I feel like if I can't throw it, then and it doesn't break, then you know that's that's not a good thing. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, so I acted like I was gonna throw it, and you were like, no, seriously. And then you just threw it down <laughs> on the gravel. He's like a seven year old having a tantrum. No, what yeah. really? <laughs> It, well, hap- it happens. I mean, it just you, didn't go in the mud. It went in the gravel. Sometimes <laughs> you just drop your gun when you're running, and if it's not going to hold up to that, why own it? Yeah. So, I and a lot that. of guys just have trouble throwing the gun they just spent a lot of money on on the ground. But if you're going to use it to hunt or fight with, yeah, it's got to be dependable. No so you uh, this weekend are you in the woods? Yeah, definitely. This is this is opening. Is it opening I'm, weekend? Is this weekend right? Yes. For for shotgun or for rifle? Mm-hmm. Are Saturday. you going to be out there? Are you going to miss my reception for? For hunting, I might come in for that, but I I, I kind of plan on staying out pretty long. I don't really have anything going on, <laughs> that day. Dakota. I thought that you were going to be out there as an Uber driver, <laughs> <laughs> working for tips. Yeah, I do have my chauffeur's license. Do you really? Yeah. So you could have driven us in a limo. We w- we didn't have to rent out anybody. Yeah, it's not too late. Oh man. Well, we already have got somebody paid and lined up. Have you ever fired anyone? <laughs> I have not. Hard. I can't say that I have. And I'm the limo driver on the uh, on the return trip back to the airport. So yeah, it's either you fun. or Sarah. It just depends yeah. on how which drunk are, which, are, which one of us is competent. But yeah, <laughs> it'll be it'll be a good time. How much vodka and club soda is Jeremiah going to bring to the reception? Uh, I won't drink that much. I probably won't. Where's your reception? At uh, Whitetail Tree Farm. Oh, that's right. Up uh, in the northern part of Henry County, Springport area, mm-hmm. yeah. south of Luray, if you uh, you know if you get your your official Indiana map out, <laughs> and you're uh, you really really care. 
So Saturday is opening day of uh, of deer season. It's Dakota's wedding day. So you're the one guy that's getting married on that day. Uh, Horrible planning. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a way to to really show my love. It's just going to be nice. a, as a sacrifice. We're gonna we're gonna hear just gunshots in all of the woods all day long, <laughs> all around, all around. Yes, yes. It's just going to be. It's a true shotgun wedding. Let's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, see. I figured it didn't really matter because what well, a typical shotgun season is three weeks. Mike Broyles wants to know if he can crash whitetail. Uh, it depends upon the gift he brings. I would imagine, right? I mean, yeah, it just depends. If on you the crash, gift. you need to bring in a, a commensurate gift, Mike. Yeah. Uh, and I know you can do you can you can impress Dakota, so we can we can really find a way to make it happen. Like he, Kay brought in a wrinkled L and K farm sign, and I was like, <laughs> I was excited. It's the like, greatest thing hey, ever. This is awesome. <laughs> it does not take much to impress me, so we'll just keep that in mind. <laughs> but as is tradition, guests bring gifts around here, yep. and uh, we got one from Cade. So short notice, that's all I could find. Hey, you're a 25 hour guest, so we're <laughs> we're gonna take it. Third string, third string for the show. <laughs> Will a six pack do? <laughs> It, well, you have, it, it have to be. Uh, what 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 kind of beer do you need? Um, if you're gonna bring a six pack, bring me a six pack of Bell's Two Hearted Ale. Rex Bell's Two. Uh, he wants to bring PBR. Bring PBR. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be in uh, three three ounce bottles so that he can take it on the plane. Yeah, little mini bottles. At least just nah. Well, I'll just drink it on the way to the airport. <laughs> sure. Just, just shotgun him. Just Why shotgun not? him in the vehicle on the way there. It's like a two-minute car drive, but it'll be all right. That'll so, work. Kate, I've already had a machine shop let me know that they're willing to uh, work on any customizations you're looking for. Okay, cool. My buddy Alan Miglarini. Who's at, watching live right now. Yeah, American awesome. Precision Services yeah. said that he'd be happy to uh Right into that microphone, out. Danny. Great. So, okay. We're straight on into that microphone, buddy. Third time guest. We expect high thing, high standards from you now. Yeah, well, third you, time's the charm. You got to graduate. I don't D- understand. I'm closer than anyone else, <laughs> and I'm talking above a normal level. Well, the problem is, is you have to be aiming at the little label that's on the microphone. Yep. These think, are very directional mics. I think it might be some brotherly trolling here. Yeah, I think you might have your. I think Danny knows. He just doesn't know how to. He just right. he can't keep it. Kate, did you ever uh, listen to the recap of one of Jeremiah's parties where uh, Jeremiah got uh, toasted? One night, and Danny decided that he was going to leave because Jeremiah was trashing his house. No. <laughs> so uh, if you if no one's listened to this episode, if you have, please ignore. But long story short, Danny got irritated because we were trashing. This is Dakota's favorite story. Yeah, it is. I tell it <laughs> everywhere I go. Like we're out. Jeremiah and I will be out to eat somewhere, and the waitress will come by and she'll say, "Have a good evening." And I said, "Hey, let me tell you a real quick story." <laughs> let me tell you a friend about a story about my friend Jerry. Yeah. So he, uh, pretty much, Danny is irritated because we are trashing Jeremiah's house. Uh, okay. So I'm and here to defend myself. So we're going <laughs> to, well, you can go through your story. All right. And then I'm going to have a rebuttal. We'll see, we'll see if I get it right because I'm pretty sure I do. And you say, Jeremiah, you're trashing your house is, and I'm getting tired. It's time for me to go home. What was Jeremiah doing when this was going on? I well, was, he was entertaining his house. Like, he was trashing his house. I will I will agree to that. I was helping in the process of trashing Jeremiah's house. Like there's no secret to it. Like that's that's exactly what happened, but it was the funny part is what happened after you decided you were going to leave. So when I was like, "Jer, let's <laughs> let's pull this stuff back together." He was literally throwing beverages from the patio into his home. 
I'm all for a good time, but like this makes no sense. I think they were empties. No, I was, because I was getting hit by liquid. <laughs> <laughs> and Sarah's just sitting on the couch looking at me like something must be done. And I was like, oh, I'll I'll jump in and try to help out. And then I get ridiculed for being a party pooper. Yeah, and Jeremiah grabs his brother. And look at the size difference between these two men. Jeremiah overpowers Danny. Shocking, really. Okay, to be fair, he approached me from the rear. He did. He came up from behind him and said, no, the party's not over yet. Had an open Guinness can and... Prize open Danny's mouth and starts pouring Guinness in his mouth. Like, pouring Guinness down his throat. Danny's just sitting there going... Well, and I also look like burn victim Barbie, too, on my leg, because I was just in a borderline fire in flip-flops trying to fight off somebody that may or may not be... I forgot Not that you. My weight class. I forgot that you uh, you had such a struggle that year uh, this year with uh, with fire. Yeah, fire is hot as balls. <laughs> this this has to be why Danny's so interested in going to jiu-jitsu with me. Yeah, he yes, wants, he, right? he wants a fair He's fight. trying to thwart these attacks. He's trying to defend himself. <laughs> Kate, I need you to teach me how to fight and how to shoot guns in case things hit bad. <laughs> oh man! All right, so what uh, we were on deer hunting. What we uh, let's try somehow to, we got horribly astray. Dakota had to tell his favorite story. <laughs> yep, yep. So uh, deer hunting starts Saturday. Is it uh, how long do y'all get with guns? It's at three weeks, right? Yeah, we get to December third. Yep. Okay, all right. And then there's one week extra for muzzleloader. Yeah, there's a week break after that, and then muzzleloader comes oh, in. Okay, that's yep. what it is. Yep. So now that uh, now that we're into the rifle season. There was a, a goof up the Indi- state of Indiana. We've kind of been covering this story with uh, with deer hunting, and uh, we're, we're Indiana's number one pr- tractor podcast. But now I think we're becoming the number one ri- rifle podcast for deer hunting season. We've been tracking this story. Cade, you're our official correspondent. What what's going on with uh, with with rifles in Indiana? <laughs> so they've proposed. Uh, they had a problem where they came out with a resolution that didn't allow rifles on public land. So there's some rules that are different for public land versus private land. And let's see, November 3rd, they came out with an emergency resolution that fixed that issue to where you can still use um, mostly pistol caliber rifles on public land. So I could use my 357 if I wanted to in a... Uh, 357 and up, yep, you okay. can use those. Well, I'm a, busy Saturday, though, unfortunately. You, you can hunt with a pistol 357. It just has to have... A six-inch barrel. Yeah. Yeah, mine's not long enough for that. No, but you could scare it real bad. (laughs) (laughs) You can make sure that nobody else in the woods has a good day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm the one guy with massive hearing protection out there in the woods because (laughs) you know what's going to (laughs) happen. Three guys fall out of deer stands when I fire. The only guy hunting with Tampax stuffed in his ears. (laughs) Oh man! All right. So, uh, if you want to hunt for deer in Indiana, do what do I have to? do? I've never done it. So I bought a I bought a hunting license. So am I good to go? I bought you know I paid my twenty bucks and got a license. So now am I ready to ready to hunt if I wanted to? If you're going to hunt on public land or land that you don't own, so right. here's another rule change: you can be a landowner. You can hunt under a landowner. That's normally what I do. I don't have to buy a license. I don't have to buy tags as long as I'm hunting on land. So that it's I like own. fishing in your own private pond. Yeah. You don't need anything. Yep. So otherwise, yes, you need to go buy a license and you have to have tags for what you're going to hunt for. So in theory, could I tag along with you 
and operate under the same you, rules. You would have to you would have to have a license and then the tags for what you wanted to hunt for because you're not the landowner. Okay. So and then same thing for me. If you own land, even though I'm a landowner of my own, if I wanted to hunt on your property, I would have to have a license and tags and then Well, I do have three acres in an apple tree. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, if you get lucky. You there's could, a lot uh, of there's a lot of deer in our area. I come home a no, lot. You have to you have to buy the tags prior to shooting the deer. Yes, you can't shoot it and then go buy the tags. Right. You get in trouble. Then. Is that a physical a, tag? Like it's a it's an actual. It's not like a. a it's like a paper. You, yeah. you fill it out when you kill it, and it tells you the time and the area and everything like that. And then that. you go in, and then after okay, so I'm sitting in my deer stand. Mm-hmm. I just shot a deer, got it, and I have um, dressed it in the field. Yep. What's the next step after that? You fill out your paper tag that says the time, uh, the date, where it was shot, uh, your information, your name, your address, your phone number, everything like that. And I normally zip tie that to them, yep. uh, to the leg or the antler or whatever you want to do with it. And then nowadays, uh, we've in the last couple of years, we've changed over to mostly online check-in. So you can oh, actually really? get right on your phone, check it in from the field and say that that's the the, the animal that you harvested and then after it's checked in you can do what you want yeah see it. i didn't so know you that. don't have to go to a check-in station that might be 15 miles away you don't have to. Yeah, i've you always driven to. to like the local rural king or something uh-huh. like that yeah okay i yep. didn't i had no idea that the uh, online check-in yeah they've existed. made it a lot nicer a lot easier uh, it's not such a hassle normally we, you had like a i believe a 48 hour window that you had to have them checked in okay so you'd have to take it home and hang it up yeah. and, and then you have to take it down and then take it to a check-in station and they put a physical tag on it but they've made it a lot easier to get to now so awesome how uh how hard is it to drag it out of the field out of out of the woods if you're if you're you know a mile off the road or three quarters of a mile off the road just don't um, put it on I, your back and crawl out <laughs> i like to dress them i mean you're going to lose 70 80 pounds right there just dressing yeah, in, right. in the field so other than that is if you can get them up over your shoulders and their legs in front of you you can carry pretty much anything yeah out, really do you typically eat the heart on the spot um <laughs> not raw it's, not raw. it's warm quivering I, i've heart. had it, i've taken it home and cooked it and, and it's actually pretty good stuff if you know how to cook it and, and prepare it, it's it's, it's just it's, another muscle. It's like Should a steak. Lean. Yeah. What's the process in cooking a heart? There's all kinds of different recipes and stuff you can do. You can cook it just like a steak. You can do anything you you can do just about anything you would with any other type of meat that you cook. So I'm being ready. I'm picking on Danny. This is <laughs> da- you're you're speaking over the top of your mic, so you need to, you need to lift your microphone <laughs> stand keeps, up a little doing, bit. He keeps doing one of these numbers. He's like gophering up. Like he, there, that'll work. There that, it is. That's, that's going to be perfect. <laughs> now he's yeah. got it. Great setup, guys. Thanks for helping <laughs> me out here. Every this is episode thirty. Every guest has adjusted their microphone as they wanted to, and he shows up and he's like, "This is terrible." Why are you picking? <laughs> that on that me? is a great joke that we play on people that we take hunting with us, though. Uh, you know Chase Hauser. Yeah. Uh, I took him out when, and we, we got him his first deer kill. And we convinced him in the field that it was good luck if you ate a piece of the heart. <laughs> and so we cut off a piece and had him eat a piece of the heart in the field. It's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. He he's, he's, a, he's a good sport. He's a good sport. So you're we, related to Chase too. Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. 80% of the town. I think he's just not related to Danny and I, and I think that's it. That's it, yeah. We're, well, neighbor, not we're neighbors. It's close enough. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. very comfortable with it. Yeah. I think this relationship's going to blossom now. Yeah, you need that. Uh, 
You need one of those t-shirts that I was going to make Jeremiah and I that says local celebrity on it. <laughs> but I, I feel like you've actually earned it. Like everybody knows no, you. No, no, that's horseshit. He's not a Mr. Henry County like Jeremiah and I. We're actually like literally celebrities. We're the Kennedys of the county. Cade, I mean, he's... That was before it was an ambassador. You guys are the and Kennedys and Cades over here like Nixon. That, right? no, we, no, we came back around you're, now. You're back around. Yeah, we're back yeah. around to Henry. You Mr. dropped the politically County. correct thing, and now you're back to where it needs to be. Yeah, I'm not real PC. Well, uh, Kelsey Myers, <laughs> also your cousin, uh, yes. made that change for us. Yeah, so I mean, she's doing a great job. Yeah, he's got as many cousins as we do, but they're all in town. <laughs> Ours are, you know, all across the country. I've got 35 first cousins or whatever the number is, but they're not here. I've got one one cousin that lives in Henry County. Ugh. That's it. And I, she I, lives very close to you as well. I have the same cousin. <laughs> yeah, weird. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. So back to the uh, back to the scheduled uh, show. So what's the next headline here, Jer? It says Arvin Vora. What's the next phrase? A certified asshole. Oh my. So Arvin Vora is the uh, national vice chairman of the Libertarian Party. I wrote these show notes and I, yeah, you it's didn't not give often me... that I curse at people. Yeah, you've, uh, Arvin Vora deserved it. He's, uh, he has really made a name for himself in the last couple of weeks. He's really been on a path, but, uh, of course, Kate has no idea who he is. Yeah, and Danny just so doesn't I'm care. Clear, he's the head of the Libertarian. He's like the vice chair. president of the Libertarian Party nationally. And okay. he, he's got this platform and he's kind of in, in libertarian politics, he would be like an, an extremist, like the black and yellow, very, very, very pure. anarchist. Type? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. To the point where, you know, Dakota and I describe ourselves as being more pragmatic as far as libertarians go. And, you know, something that's moving in the right direction is what we, we are in favor of. So he's the guy that gives kind he, of a bad name. He is the guy that's like, you know, he's been making all kinds of statements here lately. You know, we shouldn't have any public schools at all. Well, in Indiana, public schools are part of the Constitution, so you're going to yeah. have it. He, you know, he's he's very much anti-war, and he takes that to an extreme. I'm anti-war, okay, but he takes it to the extreme of we shouldn't have a military, and if you join the military, you're a fool. So it, it just way beyond what what I would consider. And even if you hold those beliefs. Being the number two guy in the national party, the messaging that you're coming out with when, you know, he basically in the last, about two weeks ago, in the same phrase, he didn't technically compare teachers and veterans to rapists, but when you say something about defending rapists and then the next sentence you go into is talking about teachers and veterans, mm -hmm. you are end up hamstringing your candidates. So as I'm recruiting people to run for office in 2018 locally or at the state level or anybody that's going to run federally, those statements get tied to them. So yeah. it's, it's a, it's a terrible messaging act. Um, and Alienation then, to yes. the people that you're trying to represent. Yeah, because as soon as I tell, you know, if Cade's on the fence and he's interested in libertarianism, and then this is the kind of message he gets, he's going to say, well, those guys are crazy. I can't talk to yeah. them. He's going to shut down and not want to listen, and he's just going to go, you know, go listen to the Democrats or Republicans. So in in Indiana, we have, you know. I don't think I'd ever listen to the 30, well, 30 or 30, 30, 30, 35% <laughs> of the people take a straight ticket vote anyway. So those are voters we're not going to get. So yeah, every undecided voter is very important. Somebody's going to split their ticket. Yeah, and see, back to what he said, you know, talking about the rapist thing. Basically, what Arvin said was, um, it was in quotes. And it's like, guys, we shouldn't be excusing. We shouldn't count out rapists and murderers. Um, we should still try to get their votes. This is what you guys all sound like when you talk about trying to recruit public school teachers and military members basically so basically like he wasn't actively comparing a teacher to a rapist i understand that i'm able to make the logical conclusion but what does that look like because i mean 
he basically did. Like, uh, if you, if you sit there and look at it, he he said rapists and murderers, and then the very next sentence he said teachers and military members. So then this weekend uh, was Veterans Day. Uh, Friday was the uh, the anniversary of the Marine Corps founding, and then Saturday was was Veterans Day. And his Veterans Day message was, well, you tried to all the recruits that, that joined, that joined the army, that joined the army or the, the National Guard or the Marines or Navy or whichever branch you're into. Um, so at that point, I was, I was pretty well triggered. That was, uh, that was his, that was what he said Friday. Uh, luckily we had a state central committee meeting of the Libertarian Party of Indiana on Saturday. Uh, I don't often say luckily we had a meeting, but, uh, <laughs> luckily we had a meeting. Uh, so, I was able to draft some language uh, that I put before the state committee uh, for the Libertarian Party, and basically it was a rebuke of uh, of Mr. Vora asking him to resign, saying, you know, this is damaging to our candidates. We have a record of actually winning races and being very relevant in Indiana. And uh, at that point, he, uh, you know, yeah, he we, decided. We, he decided. So the, the state, the state, basically unanimously adopted the resolution, called for his resignation, and uh, and we moved forward. So, but then, of course, that triggered Mr. Vora. Yeah, he he got super triggered, um, and basically, this is it. This is what he said. I'll just read it. I'm not going to try to summarize it. Um, I'll read part of it anyway. The part that pertains to us. He got triggered. Um, decided to post some things on Facebook about us, and he said, "At a because uh, we should probably also note here that Mr. Vora attended our." Uh, Indiana State Libertarian Convention last year. He was a special guest at he the was, time. He was one of the featured speakers at the state convention. Yeah. And he said, At a Libertarian Convention that I recently attended, there was a chairs debate. An audience member asked something to the effect of, if you could make one Libertarian change to a current law, and it couldn't be about marijuana, what would it be? I waited to see what he would choose, ending government schools, dismantling the military welfare complex, abolishing Social Security, the FDA, the Fed, DHS, the TSA, ending the income tax, hell, abolishing the federal government. He declared cold beer on Sundays. In other words, all of the changes that he could have suggested, he chose legalizing alcohol sales on Sunday. And then he goes on for a little while to continue to harp on the fact that he didn't believe that the choice of the ch- of the future chairman in question was valid enough, and that that really got under my skin because and it got under Jeremiah's too, and we both voiced our opinions on that thread because why would you why would you go up there and as a state chairman like you're working within your state you have no effect. On the national party, why would you go up there and say, "Yeah, I want to abolish the Fed"? Like, what? What does that have? How can you make a change like that? How can you make a positive effect for that? Whenever Indiana is the only one of the fifty states that still has legal has made illegal the sale of any kind of alcohol on Sundays, like that just doesn't make sense. And the the issue. The issue with alcohol sales in Indiana has been something that libertarians have been at the front of for a very long time. Uh, for about the last decade, we've we've been leading the conversation and been a big part of it. Uh, I managed Rex Bell's campaign for governor last uh, last year, and I'm getting ready to play a clip for you guys. It was from October 25th of 2016. 
knowing this issue is coming, the uh, the national party or the state party has been talking about uh, alcohol sales. Would your administration support modifying or eliminating the ban? Why or why not? And we'll start with Mr. Bell. Well, I've always maintained that anything that's legal on Saturday should be legal on Sunday. <laughs> regardless, regardless of how I feel about it, and, and I'm not a drinker, I'm not going to buy it on Saturday and I'm not going to buy it on Sunday, but if somebody wants to, uh, you know, this is left over from the blue laws of years ago, uh, you know, you couldn't sell cars on Sunday, you can't sell, uh, you can sell maybe cold beer in the uh, in one situation and in another situation you can and, and you know you get into a situation where a, a person a store can legally be selling warm beer and if the power goes off and the heat goes out and the beer gets too cold all of a sudden he's breaking the law I, I think that's something that we need to uh, look at and uh, do away uh, with the blue laws and certainly allow Sunday sales so what Rex basically said was was what the uh, what the Libertarian Party has been pushing for uh, for the last decade, and it's finally actually taking taking effect. Uh, where we've seen some some movement in the last couple of weeks with a summer study committee uh, that a lot of the conversation of the, the and uh, visibility of, to this issue has come through the Libertarian Party of Indiana's actions. Uh, and there was a big breakthrough last year with uh, with the uh, Rickers Convenience Store uh, basically finding a loophole where they could sell. Uh, uh, cold beer in their in their grocery store in their convenience stores because they opened up a burrito bar and restaurants could sell carry out liquor. Yep. Uh, and so the you know the Rickers convenience stores in Sheridan, Indiana, and in Columbus, Indiana could could sell cold beer. And immediately the uh, the the Republican legislature said no 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 that's unacceptable we can't do yeah. that. So they uh, okay, well, they came and you, crushed it. Hold on. First of all, you say the Republican legislature. It's not just the Republican legislature. As much as it's right it's, now, there are super majorities on the on the Republican side. Right, uh, but it has to, to your point. You are right. The uh, these blue laws that are in place have been in place by both. Uh, you know, when the Democrats are in charge, Republicans are in charge. Nothing has changed because yeah, there's another because, factor. Yeah, it's because the the liquor lobby, and we hear about lobbyists all the time. We see it. Um, like if you watch House of Cards, you see uh, Remy Brent or. Remy, Denton. yeah. Yeah, Denton. That's yes. what it is. I almost said Britain. Ha 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 ha. And, uh. It's a different, different group. <laughs> totally, totally different story. Uh, but, and, well, I mean, Jeremiah, you're, you're part of a lobby group. But yeah, I do. Does, I do some, uh, some work for, uh, Purdue School of Agriculture. So, obviously, lobbying and being a lobbyist is not a bad thing at all times. Like, no, c- we, citizen advocates, there's a difference between citizens. Honestly, there's 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 nothing wrong with lobbyists that are paid as well because they have the time right. and the effort uh, to go in and to shepherd through an issue, and they do very good work. So I'm not crushing all lobbyists, uh, but at the same time, those with the with connections and the money and the ability to uh, to shepherd something through, they end up with control and influence over legislators. Right. But what's incredible with the liquor lobby is that is the amount of control. Because it's not just Sunday sales that they look at. It's not just selling cold carry-out liquor that they look at. There, some there are some legislators, and this is just what I read today, that have entered legally binding contracts with these liquor lobbyists to where they are bound to show them 
each piece of legislation that they are about to vote on. So not only it's not we're not just talking about one guy or one like or like three or four people. We're talking about an entire team of people that are reading and analyzing pieces of legislation, even if it has nothing to do with liquor laws, because they want to know and they want to have an influence on it. So, so we we've seen in the last week a a grand bargain of sorts uh, on this issue where uh, that there are there's like a <laughs> there are multiple different lobbying groups involved. There's like a packaged liquor group. There's a group for grocery stores and there's a group for the liquor stores. Uh, and then I think convenience stores also have their own groups. So everybody has a different agenda. Uh, what's going to happen or what the, uh, the majority of these lobbying groups have agreed on, which then the legislators are expected to, to adopt because the people that were in their ear whispering, Hey, we got to stop this. If they're cool, then the legislators are going to be cool. It's almost an inoculation. They're going to allow Sunday sales but not an expansion of temperature. So, you know, Rex's example that he used in the speech about, well, you know, if the guy loses power and all of a sudden it gets cold, it becomes illegal. You know, it's fine to sell something at 60 degrees, but at 40 degrees, all of a sudden you're a criminal. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and uh, that's why the, the the state party actually, we started to um, organize a lot of events at Rickers to protest these laws. They would have drink-ins on Sunday afternoons yep. to where you could buy uh, buy your cold beer and drink it in the drink it in the restaurants, or you could carry it out if you wanted to as well. Uh, but they they organized uh, these drink-ins, and it's been a massive uh, PR success for the Libertarian Party of Indiana, uh, which is what we were trying to point out to Mister Vora, who doesn't understand that uh, you know if you can win on an issue like this, that it's at the top of you know. At, at Kate, I don't know how much you pay attention, but the, this this cold beer thing has been a big issue in the state of Indiana for about the last year. Sure. And the Sunday sales thing has. And the Libertarian Party of Indiana has been able to get headlines uh, for the last uh, for the last year because of this sort of activity. Um, so when you have a national chairman that's you know or a national vice chairman that's criticizing your efforts, uh, once again it just it cuts you off at the knees. So, mm-hmm. um, so just an interesting time and an interesting fight, and it's basically just out of spite that this has come back at them. In this conversation, how does the brewery? factor into it or is start, as far as your mindset where you can go buy a growl or have it filled up and brought it home sure yeah i i think a growl or fill at a brewery is something you probably will still be able to do no matter what uh it's another nice little carve out that had all of a sudden developed where your local breweries could sell you a growler on a sunday so you could buy beer on a sunday if you went to a local you know somebody you know so if we went up to muncie and went to elm street where the libertarians are meeting on sunday yeah, or chili water or, or chili water or, or yeah right. or any of those or or the wooden bear in greenfield or any, any of those local breweries you could go up there and get your growler filled and leave so let's let's talk a little bit i know it's not on here but <clears throat> let's talk a little bit about why why is this such a big deal to the liquor lobby why is it such a big deal that all that they are against Sunday sales and they are against uh, carry out? Everybody has their turf they're defending, right? Right. So, so, so if you are a liquor store, uh, you can't sell uh, soda. There are certain products that you're just not allowed to sell. So, cold it, soda. Yeah, I, fountain, I guess it, you're like, yeah. fountain soda. Right, uh, and they are protected to where they could sell. They're the only ones that were allowed to sell cold beer Friday, uh, Monday to Saturday. Um, whereas a, uh, you know, a pharmacy, if you have a pharmacy in a store, like that's why a grocery store is allowed to sell holiday alcohol. If you remember in Newcastle, we had a marsh, but the marsh didn't have a pharmacy, so mm-hmm. it didn't have alcohol. They only had beer, mm-hmm. uh, our Kroger or our, our 
pharmacy, like a CVS, will actually sell hard alcohol because a pharmacy is allowed to sell it. Uh, so there's different carve-outs for, for different organizations. Well, even yeah. locally at our Kroger and other Kroger's around, they have a wine chiller that you right. can chill your wine. So you, you can, can buy, buy you can buy old cider as well. Cider is considered a wine in Indiana. Uh, so then that is something that you can actually buy cold. Mm-hmm. Once again, it's just arbitrary, and there, there, none, none of it makes any sense. None of it's supposed to make any sense. It's because you're dealing with laws that were passed in the 1930s and pro- during Prohibition or just post-Prohibition, and then everybody sets their business up around it. So then you hire lobbyists to do your bidding to try to keep your, your share. You know, you can't just decide. L&K can't decide that they want to. You guys want to start selling hard cider slushies. You mm-hmm. would need to have some sort of a permit. Yep. And then there, in, in Indiana, you have a one-way, two-way, or a three-way permit that says you can sell beer, or you can sell alcohol, or you can sell all. You know, the combination. Yeah, but here's the. And then you have to bid on those permits. But the deal with all of this is, is that the the liquor lobby knows the stats, and if you drive by any grocery store, you drive by um, Aldi, you. Or Kroger or Walmart, that's the three, the big three in this town. You drive by them any other day of the week, the the parking lot's not that bad. You're gonna find a good place to park and you're gonna get in and out fairly easily. On a Sunday, right around twelve thirty, one o'clock, whenever you try to go to Kroger, what happens? The parking lot is packed. You can't find a place to park. And you can't find a freaking cart to save your life, and you're going in there. The lines are super long, and that's everywhere. I wonder if I can buy hard alcohol in ClickList. I was I was just bragging <laughs> about <laughs> ClickList today. I wonder if I can buy hard alcohol that way too and skip the lines. Yeah, probably. You, you wouldn't go. get as much judgment that way. They would that's have true. to have a 21 year old bring it out to your car, though. Yeah. Once again, we've covered. Tipping. Would they have I, to consider it a convenience store at that point? I don't know. That's I, pretty convenient. It is very <laughs> convenient, <laughs> but it's a convenience store with a pharmacy. The uh, I, I I use ClickList today. I was done with my grocery shopping in five minutes, but I don't carry a lot of cash today. I had like two dollars on me, so it was just a shameful amount. And the guy comes back up to me after I've I've done my transaction, and he's like, "Well, you've got everything you need." And he's, you know, waving at me. Just and like, lingering. Yeah, just, just lingering. <laughs> and, uh, Man. I, I, I didn't tip. I did a Dakota and I didn't tip today. People who don't tip, am I right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know. Cade, have you, have you used the click list? Not yet. Not yet. Well, Not yet. bring five bucks. Be ready. It's, uh, cause they'll, right. they'll wait around. Well, All right. I think you should, you're providing a service. Yeah. And you should tip on something like that. I, I, I suppose you should. It just didn't occur to me until, uh, you're a until he, until he stood there like a, uh, uh, until he stood there like a uh, a bellhop looking for looking for his little something. Did he have his hand out? Uh, no, but it was close. It was close. Say, I felt bad. Here, son, have a piece of gum for all your trouble. <laughs> I do have a correction. Mike Broyles, uh, thank you for this. Uh, the three-way is the uh, beer, wine, and liquor. So it's the wine that makes it a three-way license. Uh, so okay. I have to – I think the third the third in there would be the uh, – would probably be the, the hard alcohol. So yeah. The, I mean my whole point was is that the, the liquor lobby is terrified – that if that whenever I'm not even gonna say if when Sunday sales are legalized here in Indiana, it's going to kill every single bit of revenue that they have. Because instead of going to the liquor stores throughout the week, people are just gonna pick it up in the grocery store while they're doing their weekly grocery shopping. That's uh those are the breaks. I mean, you can't, we don't we, we don't protect buggy whip manufacturers yeah. because we don't use buggy whips anymore. I know uh you know I, I I mean, I that's like, the way a modern economy works. I mean, I go to a liquor store whenever I, I, 
whenever I buy beer, whenever I buy any kind of alcohol. Because I they like have they provide you a service. They have a better selection and, yeah. a, and a deeper selection and knowledge about the products you're going to buy. I mean, my and favorite beer is Bell's Too Hard. You're not going to find that at a grocery store. You're not going to find it at Walmart. You and can if you get go your, to a you convenience, hams. if you go to a convenience store, isn't it? It's it's more expensive there too, right? Right. Typically, because yeah. it's convenient. Yeah. <laughs> you can pay four dollars a gallon for milk at the at the Casey's, exactly. or you can pay a dollar fifty nine at Kroger, or yep. you know, probably a dollar ten at Aldi if you want to go through there. But then you have the trade off if there's one or two cashiers working. So it's yeah. just a whole lot of protectionism and liquor and the Indiana Association of um of beer and liquor retailers. Has such a death grip on this because ultimately they're they're scared, they're scared of what's going to happen whenever this whenever this deal goes through and all of a sudden people are allowed to buy their alcohol at the grocery store instead of their little places and they know that a lot of the a lot of the little stores like the one just right down the road from my house is probably going to shut down. I mean they don't have a lot of business to begin with, and whenever I can buy my beer at Kroger. You know, on a Sunday, whenever I do my grocery shop shopping, of course they're going to suffer because then I'm not going to have to take another trip there on Monday mm-hmm. to buy it for the week. Like, that's just how it goes. And it, we, that's, that is the free market. You have to, at that point, they're going to have to figure something out. There's going to have to be innovation within their market to make sure that they survive. Mm-hmm. Well, some comments we have. I mean, Rick Irvine is making a great point about about selection and, and the different sizes. You know, if you go into your your local liquor store, you might be able to find the same drink, the same thing in five or six different sizes. Uh, whereas, you know, if you go to the Kroger, you might find it in two. Uh, and then uh, Gabby, uh, I mean, I'm going to crush this name. Gabby Paolo uh, wants to know what a buggy is. <laughs> We we probably have more buggies on the road in Henry County and Wayne County, Indiana, than most other areas do. <laughs> Gabby uh, Gabby's from Ohio. So. Okay. Well, you know, Dark County over there, they they still have the Amish too. Uh, it would be the uh, the little crop you would use to uh, to drive your drive your horses and your uh, horse and buggy. <laughs> your cousin is jealous. Uh, Kelsey Myers is jealous that Cade is in the celebrity seat. So I'm, uh, I'm also jealous that Cade's in the celebrity seat. But whatever. <laughs> oh, when Danny. you when Danny's, Danny's, Danny's never been. When Danny learns how to use the microphone, we'll let him have the celebrity scene. <laughs> I think that I have, like, the doofus mic over here. They are like the exact the same. Mic. I don't think – let's the, trade. Let's go. <laughs> See, <laughs> that was the mic that I always used before, but it's got the special stand He's and it's got the different mic. And um, it – and so then, whenever, then whenever we started having a guest, it was like, I guess the right thing to do is give them the one that's that, different. Give them the better one. You're welcome. Danny, Thank do you me. really think that we give Cade the uh, the doofus mic? Is no. that the way we treat no, him? No, I think I had the doofus mic. Uh, uh, no, I'm sorry, Clay. It's twice today. Struggling. You're in Clay's seat. Yeah, you You're keeping it warm. And yes, you think we would I give think, him the doofus I mic? I think Clay gets the doofus mic every time. I, you <laughs> told me that in confidence, and I'm telling, like, I'm making it aware. Releasing to the it to the world. Yeah, hey, don't say anything bad about Clay, because I have to get my hair cut there on Friday before the wedding. Well, here's, I, I got I mine last week. I did not get my hair cut. By Clay today, I, I did. did sports. I did. Clip. I, I went in there and got it. I didn't have time. I went sports clips. Oh, that's a good man. I got a little massage. Uh, Is hot that towel, included? Shampoo, and uh, she was super awkward and it was terrible the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't enjoy any of it. It was twenty two dollars plus tip. Twenty. You, did, you didn't get the good conversation like you do with Clay. Yep. No, it's always a good experience. I just go in there and talk politics with him. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm serious. I've I've been in there like two hours after the haircut's done. Yeah, we we had a pretty good little <laughs> conversation today. I like talking to Clay. Did he? Uh, did you tell him you were you were 
you're showing up on his program tonight? Yeah, he was congratulating me on my debut appearance. There so. you go. It's a very big deal. <laughs> All right, so we've uh, we flogged this one to death. The last major point that uh, Dakota had in our, our show notes that he prepares for us every week is that 61% of Hoosiers are now in support of sanity sales. I've also seen the number 70% issued uh, on some, some stuff that's on the Libertarian Party of Indiana uh, letterhead. Oh, we may be rounding up. I don't know, if but you, uh, if it's over sixty percent, this is this is truly an inoculation. It's them trying to uh, to hold back anything they can. So that's why this is going to get passed. There's a, and they're going to hope they're good for. There's a while. another point on here that I think is very important, and it's something that I talked about whenever I was on We Are Libertarians last week. Um, is that libertarians, and this is the proof, are able to accomplish things through the state legislature, even though we're not elected. We're able to influence, right. influence conversations, and influence think, policies. And I think the biggest, one of the biggest helps with that has been Rex Bell. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we, we played that clip from Rex, and the very next statement, the next person to speak was our current governor, Eric Holcomb. And he said, absolutely not. It's a, it's a controlled substance, and we have these rules. That attitude is changing, mm-hmm. and it's taken one year from the date of that, that, that now it's this is an unmovable object that we expect to happen. And the candidacy of Rex, even though he may have only wound up with 4% of the vote, uh, it really did influence the policy that we're seeing in Indiana. And uh, it's one of the reasons why it's very important for us to run candidates. We win locally. Uh, a statewide race, you know, with Rex or Lucy Brenton or even somebody like Rich Turvey who ran in the 6th District last time, that's a major lift to try to win a statewide race or even a congressional seat. Uh, but we have people elected township boards, and I, I truly think that we're not that far off of winning a state representative seat at some point. Uh, but even if we don't, we do influence at a major level. Uh, not as much influence as Cade had when, uh, just before the Republican primary, he went out and, 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 and terrorized one of his fields and wrote, and wrote, uh, Don, is it Trump you wrote out in the Yeah, it was just Trump. And then you flew the drone? Yep, flew the drone up over it and got some good footage. And, uh, it and, went uh, viral. Accidentally, yeah. Uh, yeah. How many views did you have on that video? Uh, it went through so many different media outlets, I, I, I haven't gone through to just add them up, but, by good estimation, it's somewhere around like one and a half million views. <laughs> that, that is thought it was crazy. At least over it, twelve. So, <laughs> see, I was just messing around. Like I thought, you know, maybe ten of my friends would be like, "Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, that's funny." <laughs> I was really just trolling, and then it ended up enough people sent it to news in the, the media outlets that it fit the narrative. Yeah, by, yeah, I remember that. And by I, ten o'clock next morning, I had channel eight, channel. You know, Fox, I had everybody calling. I, I had no idea who you were at that point. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, I just rolled my eyes and said, look what Cade did. That's hilarious. Well, and, <laughs> and how do you respond to that? So you have a, the local state media contact you and say, wow, yeah. what were you thinking? And you're just like, well, I, I, I just gave him the story that I, after the, after it came out that it was going to be between Trump and Hillary, I just, I had to give my support to somebody, and at the time, I just wasn't I, I wasn't educated on the libertarian side, and and uh, so I just I just kind of put it out there as a joke, and and of course they got the story wrong as far as my information goes. They even screwed up my name and everything else. So did they call you Corey Coger? No, they said I they said I I worked for L and K Produce, which is kind of a half truth, but. Uh, they they got everything kind of screwed up. I but. am Ellen K. Produce. <laughs> the the worst part was probably all the death threats that I got for it. That was that was all. You got that was, death threats for it? Oh yeah, yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Do you, you get can, called a racist? Oh yeah. Yep. Nice. Oh, I'm a white guy, so I'm nice. Racist. And you're so. bald. So. But and the thing was that was actually pretty cool about it is I actually took the time. 
<laughs> I took the time out to go and talk to those people and say, hey, look, this isn't what it is. This isn't what you're saying it is. And the very vast majority of those people came back and was like, hey, thanks for applying. That's actually pretty cool that you went out of your – you know, spent time to do that, explain everything to me. Well, and, it is harvest time sorry, and I'm in the sorry, tractor. I w- sorry, I wished your death. <laughs> they were actually pretty cool about it. I mean, hey, they, no, I don't think they were expecting a response. I hey, feel like what I said about putting the bullet are. in your head? Yeah. That, you know, never mind that. I'm probably the, the last guy to, to threaten that for. So. <laughs> Danny, Danny's just giving me daggers. He talks back the mi- past the microphone and then it's my fault. <laughs> I no, love him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, so... We, uh, we have one more local issue that Dakota stuck on here. He, he messaged yeah. us this morning. He says, is there anything in the newspaper today? Yeah. I said, okay, yeah, the, commis- by the, way, the commissioners are being sued again. By the way, Courier Times, you accidentally threw a copy of Friday's paper on my door, and that was that was very irritating. You got tomorrow's paper today. Congratulations. Yeah, and like, uh, like today of all days is like the most important day that I need to get the paper. When I'm preparing for the show, I need to know what's going on locally, and then... I get, I open it and I'm like, this is talking about large trash again. (laughs) (laughs) How many times do I have to read Kevin Green's story about large trash? (laughs) Yeah, and so I look at the date and it's like Friday, November 10th, and I was like, are you freaking kidding me? So I had to put in the group chat, I'm like, hey, what's going on locally? I am dead to the world, apparently. (laughs) And uh, you told me, (laughs) you said the commissioners are being sued again. And I thought it was something over, like, the wind farm debate or something of that matter. And you started sending me the article, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, this actually happened. And apparently, the sheriff's department arrested the wrong person. It's so, an honest mistake. Yeah, this this lady um, was arrested by the Henry County Sheriff's Department. She's a resident of Muncie, Indiana. And um, she... Tried telling the officers, no, like, I'm totally innocent. Like, I should not, there's no reason I should have a warrant out for my arrest for dealing drugs. I am a mail carrier. I am just a tax-paying mail carrier in your town. <laughs> it wasn't me, to quote uh, the great philosopher Shaggy. It wasn't yes, me. Yes, <laughs> wasn't me. You didn't catch me on camera. But she, uh, she d- tried fighting it. They did arrest her. She was put in jail. And then they discovered that the real person who was wanted on drug charges was actually arrested back in 2015 and is still in prison. <laughs> Got him pretty, twice. Pretty large mistake to make. <laughs> yeah. it's double jeopardy. That doesn't doesn't work. So I I put on here um, everything that she is suing them for because it's like a huge list, and I'm gonna read it off. And please don't fall asleep on me. But it's false arrest, false imprisonment, abuse of process, malicious prosecution, intentional infliction of emotional distress, which basically means she must have got triggered, negligence, defamation. 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 And a violation of her rights. You were wrong. It's defamation. Oh, okay. I forgot how they say it down at Try High. And a violation of her civil rights. I don't know if I said that. But anyway, in the, in the, I mean, that is just so much. I mean, I'm just taking a second here. I'm glad the county has liability again. insurance. There's just so much here that they're being sued for. And I'm sure, like, half of this is probably going to be thrown out in court, like the the, negli- the negligence and defamation. And, uh, but in her defense, what else is she supposed to do? 
Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I honestly, mean, honestly, like they did something ridiculous, right? Yeah, I mean that's horrible. I mean, allegedly, she gets. <laughs> no, they did it. <laughs> she, she was processed. It's pretty hardcore proof. But like just writing an article in a newspaper, that's going to go away really quickly. There's not going to be any pain for the county. There's not going to be pain for anyone. Right. So she. Yeah, what are you supposed to do in this situation? I would be suing. Yeah. The crap out of the county if that it's happened like to me. And we we talked about that. And uh, Jeremiah's like, actually, did you know that there's another Dakota Davis in Henry County? So you're just waiting on that to happen to you. Yeah, you are. Uh, there's there's a little kid that uh, was mauled by a dog named Jeremiah Morrill uh, in Florida. Uh, so every time there's a story about him, that hits my uh, my Google alert about my name. But uh, you've got one. You've got a same name right here in the county. Yeah, and I'm friends with him on Facebook. So, like, occasionally, like, he'll do a live video or something, and I'll get a notification. Like, it, it pops up on the top of my phone. It says, Dakota Davis is live now. And I'm like, whoa, that's kind of really? weird. <laughs> do you ever message him and be like, hey, buddy, you staying out of trouble? My name's at stake. <laughs> I always find people with my name because Cade's kind of a weird name. Right. There's not a whole lot of Cades around. Every time that I Every time that I type your name on my phone, it changes it to Jade. Yeah. And then um, your last name, Koger, it changes it Kroger. to... No, it changes it to lover. <laughs> Jade so, lover. I mean, there you go. I mean, Same thing, only different, right? <laughs> yeah, right. But I find other Cades and I'll message them and just say, there can be only one. <laughs> <laughs> just trolling other Cades. So you just Brilliant. pick it on. And then you had to find somebody that rhymed with you. That was a complete accident. Her real name is Jadrian. Okay. But she goes by Jade. And just, you didn't just have your Tinder profile set very no, tightly where it was only, no. only has to say, sound like? Complete coincidence. It, just sometimes whenever you're sitting in the house and you sometimes go, Jadrian! <laughs> yeah. You're Jadrian. <laughs> like Rocky. Yeah, she was watching just a few minutes ago. I don't know if she is yeah, anymore. Yeah, she said she was going to. Yeah, she was commenting. She's, she claims that the uh, clicklist people will not accept tip money. So uh, apparently she tried. She's a better person than I am. I didn't even try. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. That awkwardness. Like, I felt. I felt like he wanted. He to was t- like dead serious. Like absolutely, she's a better person than you, Jeremiah. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. No doubt. That's why I married her. <laughs> All right. Well, we are. Uh, we're at that point in the show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're here for final thoughts. Danny, you're the uh, you're the third time uh, fill in. What uh, what you got? Anything anything cool? I don't have a whole lot of uh, real final thoughts. I mean, it's great to be here again. Um, Oh, it's been a enjoyable time this evening, but even though Jeremiah kept harassing you about getting up on your mic, yeah, it's been a lot of that so far. Maybe I'll get better. Maybe I'll get better for my fourth. But beyond that, no, it's been fun. I just hope everyone has a good week, has a great Thanksgiving, enjoys friends and family, and makes some great I memories. That's, I will be with none of my family. Oh, and I hope you have a wonderful uh, honeymoon in Hawaii. Thanks. Are you going to take advantage of it and uh, put out your Uber light and? I, I invited you to a a party at Dallas Wednesday night. He said, no, I'm going to be in Hawaii. I was like, oh, all right, we can go kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, no, it's it's great. Go have fun with your family. Enjoy and uh, enjoy the fall festivities. All right. Well, very good. If people want to follow Danny, uh, do you want them to follow you on no. uh, on, the, on the Twitter? Nope. D-Max Juice. <laughs> uh-uh. <That's> <laughs> Danny Morrill, the official uh, contributor to the uh, <laughs> yeah, to the Dan Dockett show. I'm on, uh, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, none of which have anything interesting to follow. But uh, you can find me under Danny Morrill or DP Morrill. 
pretty much it. Any of them. There we go. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Danny. Mr. Coger, you uh, you made it. Thirty episodes in, big big landmark episode, and we got finally. you finally. Yeah, you're you're one of the original listeners. We appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Been here since the beginning. That's awesome. <laughs> we once upon a time it was uh, we were doing these poolside, and it was nice. And today we didn't see the sunshine all day. Yep. So that's the way it goes. You're done harvesting for the year. Yep, we got done this week. Done this so. week. All right. So you got anything uh, you need to pitch? Any other final thoughts? The uh, things that we needed to cover that we didn't, or just a the floor is yours. So if there's if there's an issue in Henry County you want to get into or a national <laughs> thing, it's your time. Uh, no, just just thanks for inviting me. I'm glad to be here, and it's been a blast. Uh, really impressed by this studio. You guys did a really good job on it. Um, the uh, the Lisa Crosby lights and the uh, Christy Avery. Uh, what the hell do we call the thing that goes on? A tripod. It's an easel. <laughs> the, the easel for our, our 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 Sarah Potter phone over there. The tripod. I'm pretty make sure the that studio. that falls under defamation. Th- that is probably defamation. Yes. The, the fancy e- the fancy easel. Homeschooled. <laughs> I was homeschooled too, but I know not to call that an easel. <laughs> <laughs> I needed a word, whether it's the right one or not. All right. Well, very good, uh, Cade. Man, I'm struggling. Yeah, Mike Mike Borrows want you, wants you to talk about windmills for a second. <laughs> Ah, uh, we can skip that for now. <laughs> that, that's going to take a lot longer, more time than we have. I think. Next time, you just time. you just don't support the cancer-causing ones, right? No, I just I su- yeah. only the ones that drive away the bees. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and not the ones that kill the birds and poison <laughs> the groundwater and do all these horrible. I heard things. they mess up your Wi-Fi. I don't know why, but I heard they screw I up really your Wi-Fi. Okay, but Wi-Fi <laughs> causes cancer too. Dang it! All these EMF signals are going through your house. Yeah. Don't you dare try to install a smart meter on my home. <laughs> I would I would plant a windmill in my backyard in a second. Yeah. Because I want cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Just take up smoking. I it's a that's lot the cheaper. Way to get it. Yeah. So, I don't know. Smoking is so I'll much prove cheaper. Them wrong that way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, we almost we almost avoided the uh, the 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 ten thousand pound elephant in the county. But uh, <laughs> thanks, Mike. We appreciate that. <laughs> So, and uh, to answer his question, there will be no show next week uh, because of the holiday and uh, me being locked out of the studio. Uh, there will be no show next week, so maybe, we're all going to take a break maybe off. Bailey and Lindsay can let you in, and then it can just be you in here going, "I wish I had gas." <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'll take the night off too. I'll be uh, hanging out with my baby, bro- baby brother at oh, his uh, at his uh, party that he's invited everybody to, but me. It's gonna be fun. So, all right, Dakota, we can do the podcast there. Just do a live podcast with people in the background. Nothing could go wrong. The, uh, yeah, uh, except we have to move all this equipment and it's a nightmare. We've tried, we've it tried a couple a of podcasts in the past with, uh, with the party crowd and they've never made the air. Spangles tried two or three times and it's never worked. Well, it's a different group of people. They're yeah. better. <laughs> it's a better, ca- a better class of losers. <laughs> so Dakota, final thoughts for the final time as a uh, single guy. My final thoughts for this one. And I'm using it wisely. Is a Facebook post that I came across that you showed me. You're welcome. Which was a uh, a a local member of the Indiana Libertarian Party who um, made a post on Facebook commenting about her electric company being very angry with them because they were going to insp- install a smart meter on her home, talking about EMF signals, and she said that she educated. The technician that came to her home and tried to install it on EMF signals. Or, I guess it's not a signal because it's a, an EMF is an electromagnetic frequency. 
So it's not an electromagnetic frequency signal. That doesn't make any sense. But educated him on EMFs, and she said he was very shocked and called his supervisor. And they will not be installing one at my home because my family's health is so much more important than that. Um, they cause... It was just basically the cancer that she was worried about. Who owns the meter? Don't, can't You do not, as in the state of Indiana, you do not own your meter or your meter base. You own everything on the other side of that. Right. So, so what is in your home? Right. You so, own. So the vendor can put on whatever they want to. Once they decide yes. that they're not supporting that anymore, if you want to have electricity, they install whatever they want to. would be my understanding. Correct. Because... I'm here to tell you right now, a smart meter is a digital meter. It allows people in um, whatever central office it is for your electric company to view your energy usage. They aren't going to slow it down without your permission. They aren't going to cut off your power unless you do not pay your electric bill, just like they do now, except now they have to send a meter technician out to actually do that. It can be controlled remotely. They can read it. It's much more accurate than a dial meter. Um, your bill might go up. That is a very real possibility because now they're actually getting accurate measurements. Your bill might go down because now they're actually getting accurate measurements. You don't know. Your smart meter is not going to cause a spontaneous fire because of combustion on the side of your house. <laughs> because... I can't think there's much more in electronics to that than there is in your in your DVD player. In your standard alarm clock. Yeah. That's that's it. Because basically the same the wiring inside of your old dial meter is more complex than your smart meter, okay? So you have a few extra things that are going to be in your smart meter, but that's all for the digital screen and for the system that sends it back, all right? And that's everywhere. That's not just like every single little place that you drive by. Put, there are pieces of equipment on poles that have the same technology in it. So it's not like it's some obscure thing that is all of a sudden popping up. They've had it for decades. It's not new. It's not It's causing fire or spontaneously exploding. And it's not giving people that live around the poles cancer. You are worried about EMF. All right, and I get it. You you're not educated on this subject enough. You read something on like what Rick Irvin just posted of naturalnews.com. That's not a credible <laughs> source. That is written by some stay-at-home mother that also read something from another incredible source. Like you you we cannot just, take We just these. lost the stay-at-home mother crowd. <laughs> EMF is an electromagnetic field, uh, not a frequency, according to Gerald Paul Gabriel, one of my 35 first cousins. But it, an American it, hero, it, by the way. Coast Guard. EMF, an EMF is typically a low frequency. It's an, it's an EIF, or ELF, an electromagnetic low frequency. It's, it's basically everything that a power transformer will, will emit around it. So this is what you're terrified of. So if you're so terrified of that, then Explain to me the thousands of people who work inside substations every day, the thousands of people that have already retired from working in substations and passed away of different natural causes, lived to be 90-some years old. 
and they're exposed to it. These workers are exposed to it at such higher magnitudes every day. You don't have to sit there in your freaking house with a mm-hmm. aluminum foil blanket over your head because you're terrified of getting brain cancer from the meter outside of your house. That doesn't make any sense. And pseudo-intellectualism, just like I pointed out in our group chat, is the biggest thing that makes me... It just makes me so angry because I can't stand it. If you don't put the effort into something to actually have an educated opinion, then your opinion does not matter to me. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't matter to anybody else in the entire world because you obviously don't care enough about the subject that you're researching to research it more and trust the people that do this professionally and actually have a degree in this subject. Chuck McGill had it right. He took it seriously. And uh, he had a space blanket, and you had to leave your cell phone in his uh, in your in the mailbox. You were going to come visit him. So that's my final thoughts. If you if you're that's serious about that's actually very it. similar to modern agriculture when you think about GMOs and chemicals and the way people get all upset about it. It's yeah, very, it's very much the same thing. It's very much the same. They're thing. recreationally upset about things they don't understand. No, and they don't understand that. I mean, you just look at bananas. Have you ever seen a banana before we started genetically modifying them <laughs> back in, like, the 1930s? Yeah. They were huge. Yeah. And you had to pick out large, like, vanilla bean-looking seeds that grew inside of them to actually eat them. Like, it's – people just don't – they don't understand these types of things. They don't educate themselves enough. And it's not the person's fault because – they they read something like a clickbait article and they're all of a mm-hmm. sudden become alarmed and you can't blame someone like that for reading it and then becoming concerned for their family and wanting to yeah. do something. Generally, people you, fear the unknown. Yeah, you can't blame someone yep. for that. But at the same time, in your pocket, you have every single bit of information in the entire world available to you. So there's no excuse for ignorance in the 21st century. All right. Well, Dakota, we appreciate your thoughtful uh, counter-argument to, uh, <laughs> to 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 the uh, to the meter debate, and uh, man, I'm excited for I'm excited for this weekend. I am too. I'm really excited. We're gonna do a dry run on Friday night. And you know, like the, the weirdest thing is, is that I figured by this time I would be like super nervous. Oh, yeah, I really expect you to be nervous by now. No, I'm not nervous at all. Like it, it doesn't make I'm not scared of anything. Audrey's terrified. <laughs> she should be. She's marrying me. <laughs> she's she's terrified that something's going to go wrong with the timeline. I got the most incredible, detailed five-page PDF file uh, of of what's happening for every. It's like it's like a storyline for every single person in the wedding that's involved. The caterer has script. The every from top to bottom, everybody has the defined role as to what they're supposed to do. If there will be no doubt. If there's anything you can say about Audrey is that she's the most organized individual that I know. Like, it's incredible. It amazes me sometimes. Like, still, and I've been with her for five years, and I'm still like, whoa. Like, uh, whenever I got that PDF, yeah. and I sent it to all of my groomsmen, and they're all like, yeah, we already got it from Audrey. Yeah, we got it four <laughs> hours ago. <laughs> Old news, Dakota. Like oh okay, <laughs> well you did all right. I'm excited to be there, and uh, I'm looking forward to all of our viewers uh, cr- listening the now coming to crash it on Saturday night, and see what kind of a, a boss hog turnout there is uh, uh, at your. <laughs> I feel like you had something wedding. planned, and I, no. you're just not telling me about it. This is it's pretty we, epic. because that's like the third time that you've said we, that. Uh, we went through something like this on the bachelor party too, where you just. You, you know me well enough that now you're just paranoid that I do have something planned, so I don't have to plan anything. I can just get him before 
and he just thinks I do. Now I only have to screw with him like 40% of the time, and he thinks I'm going to do it every time. That's exactly right. It, Jeremiah is a terrifying friend to have. <laughs> but on the other hand, sometimes he'll bless you with eight new glasses and a cake and a cake poster and a, a We Are Libertarians poster. Yeah, that's right. I'm really disappointed you can't see the cake poster because of light. Yeah, I'm going to have to do some adjusting. do some adjustments. All right. Anyway, that's uh, that's the end of the show for today. You can listen to the Boss Hogger Liberty podcast on uh, TuneIn Radio, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Indiana Talks on the weekends. We're on uh, Saturday and Sundays on Indiana Talks at noon. Uh, you can look for a special uh, little uh, episode that uh, I did with Tim McGuire and uh, Chris Spangle on We Are Libertarians that uh, will be on this feed as an Easter egg. Uh, just a probably 10 or 15 minute interview talking about the Arvind Vora deal. Uh, and uh, may or may not be in the uh, We Are Libertarians feed as well. So appreciate everybody listening. Uh, like the show, subscribe to the show. Uh, it's harder and harder to get uh, Facebook to actually put us in your feed. So the um, the best thing for you guys to do is to share us, uh, share and like and uh, and and you know tell your friends about the show. Uh, we actually tried to do a paid post on the uh, not on the video but on just the the regular link to the show. And it wouldn't work this week. Facebook uh, embargoed us for whatever reasons. They wouldn't take my money. It wasn't good enough for them. So uh, the way we grow is through uh, through your uh, your help. So anyway, we'll see you all uh, in two weeks. No show next week. We'll be back on the, uh, on the 29th. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at wearelibertarians.com.